0: everyone out there thinking about starting a podcast, let me tell you this, when we switched to remote podcasting six years ago, it was a headache. Multiple pieces of software, inconsistent sound quality, and honestly, nearly impossible to bring in guests, let alone record videos. Then we discovered Zencaster. Zencaster gives us studio quality recording, including video up to 4k and distribution to podcast players that support it. We've consolidated our podcasting efforts, doing everything from recording to publishing in a single platform. And now having guests on has become a breeze. Zencaster is about making the podcasting experience as easy as possible, including local recording, automatic post-production, which we love, and no outside software needed to record and publish an episode. I honestly cannot imagine recording remote without Zencaster. So if you're interested, go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code BGA you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencast professional. We want you to have the same easy experience we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.
1: games Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 396, Marvel Snap for Board Gamers. We like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode, but especially our brand new Patreon backer, T-Max. Thanks so much, my friend. You rock. All right, everyone. I don't think I have to tell you that Marvel Snap has hit and it's hidden everywhere these days. There's no place you can go on social media or in any kind of gaming website. And you're not being crushed by the snap, bro. Right, Anthony?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's funny because when they announced it, you're like, it, it just seemed like another throwaway app game. And then it launched. And I was like, meh. And I was, <laughs> I was actually listening to a video game podcast. And they were just sure. gushing about it. And I was like listening. I'm like, wait a second. This sounds like a board game. (laughs) And I get in play it. I'm like, it is a board game with you know microtransactions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, don't say that out too loud because eventually board game (laughs) companies are going to be like microtransactions. Well, I guess is is expansions microtransactions? I don't know. I I mean they're not making two million
0: bucks a week for a new smash up pack,
1: so I don't Mm, know. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, they just announced that the first week alone, they made $2 million off Marvel Snap, which is, if you have not played it yet, a free game, but somehow $2 million. So that's a thing that they made. So I think, as you said, Anthony, it's everywhere. It is certainly board game based, and there's so much to talk about that. So that will be our feature review. But Anthony, before we get into all of that kind of fun stuff, there's a little holiday happening when this episode pops, which is, of course, one of our favorite holidays, Halloween. So I know your question of the week takes us down that road and lets us know what our listeners are talking about. So what are they saying?
0: Yeah, no, I asked everybody if you had to dress as a board game character and, and have to, right? Because
1: why like, would you I, ever
0: volunteer to do such a thing?
1: I don't know. Um, <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs>
0: asked who would would it be and why or what would it be right so lots of good answers here some of them are hilarious uh david good friend of the show said gigazar from king of tokyo nice is perfect because nobody would know it's gigazar they would just (laughs) think it's godzilla except for people who play king of tokyo that's right that's that's a really good one i like that um steven says one of the amazing box cover characters from great western trail first edition hmm which I think would be fantastic because again, people are just like, Oh, you're a cowboy, like a little derpy. <laughs> but you're a cowboy. And someone else would say, Oh, you're the derpy cowboy from the uh, stronghold games edition of great Western trail.
1: Great. There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: Tim says the spy master from return to dark tower, which Ooh. I don't have a good joke there. Cause it just looks really cool. So <laughs> it's like a, well, like Tim's a game, so. thing. So, yes,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: Let's see. Fed says maybe one of the clans from Isle of Sky because kilts Ooh. are awesome.
1: Nice. Love it. Love as it. Love it. good a reason as any. It's true.
0: Um, Mike says the blue stick in the blue car from the Game of Life right after he landed on Doctor.
1: <laughs> so there
0: you go. <laughs> a little peg. There you go. Love it. Uh, uh, we have Iger's mentions Anachrony. The genius okay. from the Path of Harmony in an exosuit, of course. Sure, sure, sure. Right? And then the obvious one, which was one of the first posts, because of course it is, Corey says the field meeple from Carcassonne.
1: Oh, laying down? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. You're just... <laughs> <laughs> just be like, I know you, but I can't place you. Hold on a second. Let me lay down. You'll get it. Got to stand up. That's right. Because again, th- and when you play Carcassonne... Based on where the meeple's placed and if it's standing or laying down, it's a different thing, right? It's on the road. Yeah. It's a thief, right? If it's in the castle, it's a knight. And if it's yeah, laying down, it's a farmer.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I missed that part with the lying down. But yeah, apparently you're just going to like go lie down in the middle of the room as a meeple. And people have to figure <laughs> out where you're, you're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, you I can't place people. you. Lay down. Oh,
1: got it. I nailed it. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I, I think you, my what would you dress as? It's really hard because there's so much there's so many iconic characters. I guess if I had real money, which I don't, but if I had real money, it would certainly be the the covered creature from Abyss. Just Ooh. because again, it's yeah. so super iconic. If I wanna go for laughs, I, I think it would have to be I the king, the the king in the blue outfit from Kalis. I think that's <laughs> again it's iconic and in like if you're a board gamer, you get it. Like you said, if it's one of those things where you, like, we talk about Board Gamers Anonymous, right? Like the idea like our merch has always been like subtly like just for the people who play board games. and Everyone else will, won't even notice it. And then I think like generic, you know, king wearing blue, no one's going to get that at all. They're going to be like, oh, is that a Game of Thrones? And you're just like, all you got to do is like cross your arms and do the smirk. And they're like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. If you're a board gamer. If you're a board gamer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If I'm doing fun stuff and I think I talked about this a long time ago, King of Tokyo, I think is such like such iconic characters. The one that always really blew me away was Captain Fish, which is weird because it's this gigantic underwater suit, like a like a a, a diver would would be in. And it's gigantic, right? It's like, "Oh, okay, and inside the helmet instead of it being a person there's a whale with like a captain's hat on with like water inside of it so like there's a little whale inside this giant suit and that's what's controlling this giant you know underwater kind of diver body and i just always thought it was funny and then again he's holding you know i guess a cruise ship with a chain and that was his kind of it was like again king of tokyo has such such great imaginative monsters and yet this was something that was very different. I was like, I like that. There's just something different about it. So, but uh, yeah, just a couple for me. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I For me, you know, I was looking around at the game boxes and I'm like, there's a lot of funny looking dudes, especially on the Euro games. <laughs> yes. But most of them are just historical characters that are weirdly drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'd probably go with one of the root characters. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I have all these That's stuffies awesome. around. Like, like the thief would be pretty cool. The little raccoon. Um, one of the woodland alliance the little mouse dude in his hood that'd be pretty cool Mm -hmm. too uh or or go super weird and do like the clockwork lizard or something (laughs) people like what is that i'm like well i'm the solo version of the lizard (laughs) cult from this little board game known as roots so
1: yeah i think you would i think you would certainly have to do the deep cut there i don't i don't think if you're going to do that you just don't want to be a lizard or or a mouse with a little outfit on i think you want to go hardcore with that yeah you gotta be the robo version right that's right yeah, yeah. Cause especially you it's like you you've done so many solo gaming stuff out there before i think it would need to be something and it wouldn't i don't think you would do something that would be ip based because no one would catch that
0: no so. no, no no yeah they like i'm i'm um i'm gandalf but not gandalf <laughs> from lord of the rings it's gandalf <laughs> from the artwork in war of the ring
1: yes like specifically
0: yeah, yeah what's the difference guy oh there's a big difference there's a big <laughs> difference
1: let me let me explain it to you like no nah, it's not working And and again, it would never be appreciated because, you know, like in board game world, there is deep appreciation for so many specific characters. But in the general public, of course, like, no, you would never get credit for that. You would be like, oh, no, it doesn't look like the movies. And you're like, no, but and they're like, no, it doesn't look like the movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are not Ian McKellen. You are not Gandalf.
1: No, that's there's only one Gandalf and it's the Ian McKellen depiction. So, Yeah. Yeah, there's so much good stuff out there. And again, I would like to see that one day. I know, I know a lot of the conventions do cosplay, but I, I th- I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time where I've actually seen a specific board game character cosplay competition. And I don't believe I've ever seen that. Have you? No, I don't think so. Because mm. even at Gen Con where they have like the whole parade, it's
0: mostly character based. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's been people, we just haven't seen them personally,
1: but it's certainly not, like, all of them. Like, No. I've certainly seen over the years where they've had, like, there's been, like, a person who's dressed up as a meatball, which seems incredibly uncomfortable to yeah, to does. walk around with. Yeah. And,
0: you know, like, I know that there's probably plenty of people listening being like, what about yeah. Warhammer? Like, yeah, Warhammer, sure. Um, <laughs> there's lots of cosplay around Warhammer. I'm sure Henry Cavill's been, you know, yucking yeah. up this. Uh, as a space marine for years, but it's that's a tough one because it is o- that's almost an IP by itself, sure, in the sense of what we're talking about. Um, I, I want to see deep, deep cuts from Euro
1: games that only a few thousand people have played, yeah. I think, um, certainly Concordia, the lady there, yeah. she's yep, iconically yep. beautiful and a little off at the same time, right? So, <laughs> I think that's always, I think I would, I would just be blown away if I saw somebody dress up as her and again i think it's always funny too when they do the celebrities like you see this a lot online and social media they're like look at these celebrity this celebrity dressed up as this character you'll never believe it i'm like no i i believe i you know a multi-millionaire who's you know a model or in fashion you know with all the kind of hair and makeup people in the world i'm sure they dressed up as something amazing like yeah you're yeah. not surprising me <laughs> Like, show me somebody who went to, like, you know, like a famous celebrity who went to, like, Spirit Halloween and spent, like, 50 bucks on a costume. Then I'll be impressed. (laughs) Right. You know, like, you're not winning any awards. You're a millionaire. You have, you know, connections to, like, the greatest artisans to make you look like everything in the world. I am not impressed, but. No. Yeah. I don't know. In the future, in the future, there will be board game cosplay, and I think we'll we'll be there. We'll be we'll be at the head of that. So, yeah. Again, if you like to hit us up, especially if you actually, in fact, did any kind of costuming around that, you would incredibly blow us away. We would post that all over our social media across the board. And again, happy Halloween! Enjoy the festivities. Enjoy dressing up, and maybe a pack's unplugged. Don't know, maybe we should do this one day. I I I think it would blow away companies if we actually did dress up because they'd just be like, This is amazing. Can you stand in front of our booth for three days? Like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they don't do that, right? I don't I don't have we ever seen that.
0: Um maybe only in the gross way or they like the
1: booth babes kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I Mm. remember seeing that like early on, like Simon would do that with some of their, or not Simon, not even Simon, it was like Ninja Theory. Um, um. okay. With, like, Super Dungeon Explorer would do that. Uh, uh, like, not with the cool stuff. We don't, there's not, like, a giant stuffed root mouse walking around. It's true. That's kind of oh, weird. It can happen.
1: <laughs> it's kind of weird, too, because a lot of those costumes, like, again, Jap anime games, like, they would make so much money. I mean, there's just so many great costumes and outfits out there and, and just IP stuff that you could easily pull together, and they just... I don't think I've ever seen a booth have one of their characters dressed up. I'm just trying to think of all the years we've been to conventions. I don't think I've ever seen that again, maybe other than Warhammer, you know, like, because they have like real crazy money that they could throw at things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe Dungeons and Dragons have done things over the years. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But again, they have crazy money. But I haven't seen like a generic board game company have something like, you know, like, dead of winter right i've never we went to their booth multiple times you know plat games i've never seen anyone like dressed up as a zombie or anything like that yeah and that's another game that has a really cool iconic characters too sure so all right so if you get a chance to dress up let us know love to let everyone know and again thank you so much for posting on our question week again our social media is up and available and has amazingly cool people posting all the time so wherever there's a social media, you will find Board Gamers Anonymous. Please hit us up. Hit us up often. Send us an email. BoardGamersAnonymous.com is our great website. And again, as I mentioned before, we have a Patreon account. It is thanks to all of you that we're able to produce new episodes each and every week. Thank you so much for keeping us going and keeping the lights on. It means everything to us. Even if you could drop a dollar or two, again, let us know you're out there. It means the world. Thanks. All right, Anthony. So that's everything that's going on with our friends out there. Now let's get on to the crux of the issue so that we can talk about it for once and then move on because hopefully everyone gets the fact that Marvel Snap is something we've seen in 20 different ways before at the board gaming table, but it's online. So Anthony, tell us about Marvel Snap. unless like people have never played any of these online gaming before. What is it? remind you of what is it reminiscent of what is it connected to board games like what's happening here bro all right so marvel snap
0: in in a nutshell is a digital card game so if you've played hearthstone Mm -hmm. you're in the ballpark and in Uh fact one of the developers of hearthstone made this game so very much in the ballpark
1: (laughs) he's Uh, like can i make more money he's like yeah more money
0: (laughs) but not working for this terrible company Mm, how do we do this smart move uh so Marvel snap involves putting together a deck of 12 cards based on famous Marvel characters. They don't, they're not based in any one area of the Marvel universe. It's everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are seemingly hundreds of cards. Uh, And the cards will cost between one and six with some going a little bit higher that can be adjusted. And on your turn, you'll have a certain amount of energy. So again, similar to almost any other card game, some amount of resources or energy to spend on your turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are only six turns in the game, unless you pull a special location that makes a seventh turn, and (laughs) you will get an increasing amount of energy each turn. So one on the first turn, two on the second, three on the third, so on and so forth. And you will then try to play your increasingly powerful cards, hopefully that you drew in that order, to these three locations. So... The three locations, very similar to Smash Up, if you've played that, (laughs) but that's four, right? So this is slightly different. Legally distinct, right? (laughs) Um, And each location has some kind of special ability. So some will make cards cheaper. Some will make them weaker. Some will let you draw more. Some will make it so you can't destroy anything. There's dozens of these different locations, and they're random. So the first round, you only know one of the locations. The second round, you know the second one. The third round, you know the third one. And you are vying for control of each of these. You can play up to four cards at each location. So once you have played out all your cards at the end of the sixth round, you see who has won two out of the three locations, because someone will have done that. And they are the winner (laughs) of the match. Uh, One of the interesting mechanics here that's different than like your typical card game is like a poker-like bluffing system, uh, where you can bet cubes. So by default, each match is going to be worth one until the end of the match and then it doubles in the last round and it becomes worth two and then you will win those two your opponent will lose those two but you can snap name of the game you can snap at any point during the match and it will double that and if you both snap it doubles it twice it makes it worth eight by the end of the round so when you choose to snap if you think you're going to do well can be very important because you can bluff your opponent out uh, make them drop early, like maybe you don't have a very good hand, you're like, I'm going to bluff it out, right? I'm just going to snap, they're going to think I have some big card in my hand. Um, or you time it such that they don't bow out and you get those extra cubes because you know you're going to win. Uh, that's probably the most interesting part of the game to me, because everything else feels somewhat familiar. Like, when we first discovered this game, my text to you was, yeah, it's Hearthstone plus <laughs> Smash <laughs> Up, right? And that's exactly what it is. It's Hearthstone plus Smash Up, because... It's the developer, one of the developers of Hearthstone using a smash up mechanic. But the thing that I love about the game, you know, and we'll talk about everything else. But the thing I love about it is just like the matches are super short. There's only six turns. You don't get a ton of time to take your action. You can play a round in two to three minutes. So you can like on the bus, I'll play like 10 rounds just on a 20 minute bus ride. And that's like, wow, I got a lot done Um, versus like a game like Hearthstone where a match could go 20, 30 minutes which can be infuriating at times. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and granted, I haven't played Hearthstone in a couple of years, but uh, that, that game definitely dragged it out on me for a while. So that's how you play Mar- or Snap. That's what's unique about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And also not so unique about it.
1: Um, and uh, lots and
0: lots of people are playing it.
1: Yeah, and again, it's one of those kind of smartly designed easy entry to gameplay yeah and one of the things i did is like i didn't read the rules or go through any tutorial i was just like okay let me just kind of jump into this and you're given a hand of cards and like you mentioned anthony the the kind of power ramp up like you get one energy you could play the one cards and two and three and four and five and six and then even at honestly even at the higher level it doesn't seem to have that kind of situation where it's like there's like these combos and you get additional energy from your cards. It's very much like your card deck does a couple of things, but also is also generically pretty basic. Right. And then the locations really are what kind of throws the game for a loop. Yes. And there is even in locations, those locations can kind of be random and you have cards that can randomize the locations and change things like that. And that was kind of interesting. Cause again, it's like, you're playing the game at the very start and like, Oh, I'm winning games. This is weird because other people have, you know, obviously more deep, you know, deep decks and they've kind of put together some of the strategies. But again, the strategies are not at least at this moment, that intense or that robust at this, at this point, like, Oh, there's one way you could put a bunch of ones together and you throw another character down and it boosts all the ones up or there's ongoing or on reveals and stuff like that. So but it's kept very manageable because the amount of energy that is available. And as you said, the three locations. And honestly, sometimes the game comes down to just guessing. Like there's there's two locations that are open and you're winning one. It's like, where do you play that one card to mm-hmm. put the energy if you put it here and they put the other card there, then you win. If, they, if you both put it at the same spot, then you lose. And I've had a lot of those games as well. So for what is a smash-up Hearthstone kind of gameplay situation in a lot of CCGs that we've played throughout the years or living card games that we play played out the years, they found a way to make it as manageable and easy that I feel like any kid can kind of come up there and just be like, okay, locations, most energy in a location, I'll do that. There's some special abilities. They're pretty easy to kind of follow. But even with that, you don't necessarily need those to win. But when they, because again, all you need is win two out of three, but when you do get the combos together, they're huge. They're yeah. spectacularly crazy, insanely huge. But even if you lose a, a location by like a thousand energy points on that location, as long as you win the other two, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <It's just laughs> I've like, had that happen a few times where somebody just absolutely demolishes me. And you could tell they're very proud of it. And I'm like, yeah, but you yeah. still
1: lost the match, guys. <laughs> 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 and there's a lot of cards, too, that just like there's Charles Xavier, Professor vex where he just like locks down a location. You're just like i win this okay. yeah <laughs> it's like okay that hit me a couple times now i have the card and I'm like sure you got that but i won this with one card that also seems unfair but i guess right that's yeah. a thing yeah Weird. i mean i
0: i built one of those swarm decks that you mentioned like uh, all ones and then yeah. there was there's a Raven? kazar and, yeah. and blue marvel and then onslaught so you're just like plus one plus one <laughs> plus four right so it just makes all your one cards worth like six yeah um and it was fun for a while, but at a certain point, the problem that I'm finding is that because there's only 12 cards, it kind of plays itself at a certain point, right? You're just it It's all very reactive. Yeah. So, And then I reached a certain point with a new card pool where people start playing Killmonger, which destroys all level one cards. And you're like, oh, well, so this deck is useless now. <laughs> but um, it is fun, though, because it is only 12 cards. Mm-hmm and it's really quick and easy to build decks so even if you get bored with one you're like okay i've played this like 20 times i've won 18 times with this particular combo and now i'm starting to lose because i'm a higher level or whatever i'll try something different and it doesn't take 45 minutes to build a new deck like it would in a traditional card game like when you're building a deck in magic or you're building a deck in hearthstone it takes a while because you need 30 something cards this is quicker
1: yeah and most again with What we're seeing with Marvel Snap, there's certainly higher level cards or cards that only become available at later points that obviously make your decks much better. But I remember playing Hearthstone and there were just builds where you needed a certain card for that build to be effective. Uh, Sometimes you could take a lesser card that would still give that build a thing. But I remember seeing those and be like, oh, you really need to pay real money for this. Uh, Obviously, Marvel Snap does want you to pay real money. So <laughs> and it has some of those kind of incentives and some of those Skinner box psychological kind of tricks, you know, and some of that's still there. But I, I think at least kind of, and en- you know, entering the kind of discussion about pay versus play kind of situation and also the little mind tricks that they're playing on us, Anthony. I think I think generally we we can play this game, right? It feels like we can play it without throwing money at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is this is part of the conversation I wanted to have, because it's a weird one, right? Mm-hmm. Most of these games with the pay to play component, I feel like you get a good hour or two of enjoyment out of the game before it hits you pretty hard, right? Sure. Like Hearthstone was always like that of, all right, you've got your basic cards, you have your basic stuff, you maybe move up a couple levels in the rankings, and then you start losing half the games because people have cards that they they got through packs that you can't get. Sure. Or you start getting like daily quests that take an hour or two to complete. And you're like, I don't have that much time to play this game. <laughs> um, in Marvel Snap, I feel like that curve was much longer, mm. right? Those The first like two, three days of playing it, I was getting new stuff constantly. Yes. Like every match, I was getting a bunch of stuff to upgrade cards. I was getting new cards to play with. I was getting new avatars, so just constant new stuff. Like you said, that Skinner box response was just like, so mm-hmm. much stuff. And then at a certain point you realize, am I playing real people? Because now all of a sudden (laughs) it gets harder. And like, I was winning everything. I think I won my like first 20 matches and I'm like, I'm not that good at this. Am I? (laughs) Um, And then suddenly I started to lose some. I'm like, Oh, that makes more sense. Sure. And they start layering in other mechanics that do impact how much you can actually accomplish without paying for the game. Right. So suddenly there's the, snap mechanic and you could lose if you're very uh not paying attention you could lose eight cubes on a turn right yes and then suddenly there are these amazing new cards that you see and you're like i want that card how do i get that card i'm like well i need to level up my collection level which isn't something you can just pay for you just need to go get a bunch of boosters and a bunch of resources and upgrade a bunch of cards and suddenly you don't have all those resources anymore because you start the game with a bunch of them yes um and then at a certain point you like get to a higher level of challenge and everything just grinds slows way down right Mm. that collection level before you would get something new every two levels so every time you upgraded a card to like level three or two level one cards up you'd get something and now it's every four Yes. And so it's like double the amount of time it takes to get stuff. And I'm like, I'm not getting any new cards anymore. I'm not getting any new stuff. I'm not even getting Mm -hmm. upgrades on my cards. And so I'm just stuck playing the same decks over and over again. I'm like, I'm going to have to play this two or three times more than I already was to get the resources I was already getting. Or I could just go pay for a bunch of gold and upgrade my cards that way. Yeah. I'm like, ah, here it is. They got me. This is the point right here but it took a lot longer to get there than I feel like with other games like a lot longer which was nice and it's the game is still fun I just don't think I want to play it as incessantly because I can see the wall now like it's not as invisible as it was when I started
1: and I guess as far I mean two points here as far as gameplay is concerned there's something wonderful about that accessibility and how you could just jump into a game and play it and then just leave right and yet, at the same time, there is something not fun at all of a game that's just like, on some level, like you said, the game plays itself. Or it comes, it, I've played so many games now at this point, and maybe it's because a little bit on the higher side of it, where it's just like, I want, you know, I want a location, you have, you know, and maybe you have a won a location. And then it's like, where do we drop those final cards? Yeah, And then it's just like, okay, well, this just seems completely random because early in the game, I'm just guessing where to drop my cards and hoping that you don't drop them in the same spot. And then at the end of the game, it's like, where do I drop my sixth card? Right? Like, what do I want to trigger? Which of the three locations do I want to trigger? Like, do I feel confident, you know, on one location more than the other? And I find a lot of times people are overconfident on that location where they're winning really well. So they'll jump to the other one. I'm like, Cool. So you're not going to defend the, that spot. So I'll drop my six, you know, energy card on that spot. Win that location. You win one, and I win two. So, I don't know. <laughs> just like
0: yeah, that's happen I, like a I, lot.
1: I, yeah, I I, I want to say that that was skill, but it's it's kind of luck, <laughs> you know. Just like, will you yeah. play a card here? I have no idea. There's no there's no way of knowing what's in your deck, and there's no there's nothing that directs me or guides me to any particular spot. So. Yeah, yeah, you could have a a Hulk that has a lot of power, but also you could have something that triggers something. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's it's totally. I, I would say the one thing about the randomness is there is RNG there, right? There's a lot of it, but it's not. It's nowhere near like a Hearthstone level of RNG where people could throw cards out that are just like spiraling random things at you. Um, sure, and it's hard to respond to that unless you really know the meta well. In this one, I feel like because the games are so short, you can kind of get to know the meta even if you are a casual player, like I have mm-hmm. a good sense of what the good decks are at my level right now. And I don't play the game a lot. I just played on the bus. Sure. Um, and like, I can very quickly n- respond to locations. Like the other day I started out with my swarm deck and two of the locations got destroyed. And I was like, and retreat immediately. Cause there's no point in playing this. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not going to get enough energy or enough power on a single location with yeah. a deck full of ones. And so I'm out. I I know that immediately. Whereas in a more complex card game, it might take a little while for me to realize like, oh, I'm not going to win this. So the accessibility of the meta is really nice. Mm -hmm. If you're into that, if you don't like seeing the wheels turned, then it can be a little frustrating because you will very quickly start to see the wheels turn.
1: Yeah, I think like you play something like Hearthstone or or CCG or Magic, just generally where you're just attacking someone's life points. It's just, there's one lane. And everything you're putting on the field is for that one purpose. And here, having three lanes. And again, you could completely abandon abandon one lane and not care about it. So your meta can just be built around two lanes. Like, I got a Professor Xavier. I locked down one spot. Now I only have to care about one other spot. But also, you could randomly throw that card down and someone else randomly throws a card down there. There's three lanes open and you're like, okay, cool. Bad game for me. (laughs) yeah (laughs) i did a thing that just shot me back in the face and just like okay i guess like you said as far as the retreat is concerned the other the other point here too and you mentioned this a little bit earlier is about how the upgrading system you know goes about giving you rewards and cards and additional kind of special bonuses and avatars and everything this is also pretty different because it's completely i won't say completely but it's 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 It's, really focused around the collection yeah So you can win games for days, and that certainly gives you points and things like that. But really, upgrading the card. So you get standard cards, and then basically you have—I don't know, Anthony. What is what is there's two mechanics there, right? There's two resources to kind of you have the little globes, and you have the kind of currency credits. Yeah, yeah. I can't
0: remember what they're called, but those like the the little globes are like boosters, right? Yes. I think the other one is just called credits. it's just
1: like money but blue so you have like all these cards you're like okay that's cool and then it's like i'm not moving up the the ranks to get the thing you know get the extra cards that i need because really all i want is cards it's like oh i have to upgrade the aesthetics of the card like oh it's a bonus like you put you know it shows you that you can do that you upgrade the card and it goes from like a basic card to a frame break card to like special 3d and then animated and stuff like that and i'm I'm like all right (laughs) Don't forget the shiny logo. Oh, the shiny logo. Which, again, when you play on your phone, those things don't matter. No, (laughs) not at all. You can't see it. No. And again, it's it's weird that that's what they focused around. But it is also cool and interesting because there's so many variants of the characters from different, you know, comics or just artistic representations. So you have Groot, and Groot is a very – they have a very serious version of Groot when you first start playing it. And then later on, there's a little cartoony Groot, where he's I think s- sitting on a little planet or something. And I'm like, oh, that's adorable, a little baby versions. Like I think there's a Galactus baby version. And I'm like, that's adorable. I'd like to have that card, that variant. But again, like you see it for a half a second, and then it's on on the board, and you're like, I can kind of see it, but it's so weird that it's based around that collection system to kind of upgrade yeah. you.
0: It's it's doubly weird because when you do see a card you really want, there's no way to get it.
1: Like, there isn't
0: <laughs> i have i have like two or three of the eight-bit ones i just happen to get those because they're pretty random they're like you get yes. a mystery variant so they just give you a random variant of mm-hmm. have. and i got a couple of eight-bit ones i'm like oh i'd love to have an eight-bit deck yeah there's no way to do that it's like <laughs> you'd have to play for thousands of hours and just keep getting all the random variants because when sure. you go through the collection and look at all the
1: options there's so many yes stick forever yeah but money anthony money have you have have you yeah. heard about money yeah.
0: Yeah, and the, the conversion <laughs> on the money is not even great. It's like the max you could spend is a hundred bucks. It gets you like eight thousand gold. Mm-hmm. But which that I eight thousand gold would be gone in a week. Like, which is not, yeah. it's
1: not good. And again, it's it's that that collection mechanic. I have to be honest, annoys me. Yeah, because the fact that you're upgrading a card what four times, I think. There's a and fifth just, one after that. You can go like there, all the way up. Yeah, uh, and again, it, it it's just I really feel bad for anyone who has problems with like your phone flashing in your face because it it is it bothers me. It's just like, and it really takes it. It's like one of those anime sequences where the character like upgrades, and it's like five minutes of just watching this card. Like you paid the thing. It's not like you won the battle and therefore you earned this character card. It's you paid. For the upgrade, and the card goes boom, splash, splash, light flashing in your eyes, and it's like, and yeah. you are waiting for thirty seconds, which feels like ten minutes, for the oh, card yeah. to, to stop doing its thing, so you can go back to playing the game. Yeah, you know, I am just like, what are you programming into my brain as this thing is flashing in front of my face a thousand times? To upgrade cards from like generic to slightly less generic. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Is anyone impressed by my less slightly generic Hawkeye card? Okay, yeah. I
0: guess. Yeah. No, I mean, it's and like the variants are very cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And getting an upgraded variant would
0: be cool. But it does start to, like you said, it is very anticlimactic when you've upgraded like your sixth card to Legendary. You're like, okie doke, cool. <laughs> I got six yellow cards now. They don't do anything extra. And then like when you're playing with somebody, you can say how much they've played the game by how much color they have bordering their cards are like oh mm-hmm. lots of yellows you've played this game a lot yeah but that's that's it that's all you got <laughs> it's, it's not, true it's, it's not really indicative of anything
1: yeah and i think they've again there's this you know the paying for the special bonuses and things like that and they're running campaigns the venom the the venom symbiote arc is right. happening now right
0: yeah it's the what do they call that thing the
1: symbiote Something or another. Another um, saga.
0: Yeah, something like that. But like and it, it's not even really clear what it is. Like there's a whole thing, like the, it's a season pass, right? With a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. And you unlock things along that path, but then if you want to unlock all the things along that path, you have to pay for the season pass, which is ten dollars. Um so if you want that sweet Miles Morales card, you need <laughs> to pay the ten bucks, which is very frustrating because I do it want is. that card. Um and then separate from that, they have a thing where you can score points for cubes you get and other events and you can be on the, the side of one of the symbiotes. I can't remember what they are. And I'm not really sure what the end goal of that is.
1: It's not 100% yeah. clear what you're doing there,
0: but it's an event.
1: Yeah, it's Carnage and Venom, I think. And they automatically places you on one side. And then again, completing the the missions are again, I would say almost all... Just like, did you play enough cards? Did you play enough points? It's nothing thematically connected. Like, oh, get Spider Man to beat f- you know four symbiotes, and therefore you get a thing. And I think that's also very much true of of the game itself, Anthony. Right? Like most cards, there are some cards. And I don't want to take it away. I would say about seventy five percent of the cards are just like it gives you a plus one or a minus three, or it's a twelve power, and then like twenty five percent of the time, it's like mr fantastic his arms stretch so he can cover you know i, know. I want more yeah. of those animations yes <laughs> they're the fun part of the game
0: yeah it's al- no
1: that's it's cool a- it's almost weird that that's not what gets upgraded like i'd rather yeah. play and or pay for a card to give me additional animations than to be extra sparkly
0: yeah oh yeah 100 percent. like you give me like like the Captain America shield throw, very cool. Like very I cool. want stuff like that for all of them.
1: Yes. And not all the cards do that. I mean, Hulk no. is pretty cool. It just drops down. It's a big card and just it bounces everything around for a bit. But most cards are just gives you a plus one. It triggers a keyword or it has its own keyword or destroys some other cards. And some of that's random, you know, just like and and some of it's thematic, right? So Carnage takes out all other cards, right? You mm-hmm. mentioned Killmonger kills all the one level of cards. Spider Man holds down a location. You know, Professor X locks down a location. And then there's some other stuff that's like Jessica Jones, like she doubles her power if you leave her alone. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I love that. Idea. Like, I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah, all right. You know, yeah, it's yeah. fine. I guess that's the thing. So, yeah, it. it It does have some of the thematic elements that you'll see in like, like Smash Up is the same way. Smash Up has like, I would say 75% of the cards are just like, it's a plus one, it's a plus two. And then some of them are like, oh, it's a zombie card. So you can pull it out of the graveyard or it's a plant card. So the more plants you have, the better it is. So it has some of that kind of thematic gameplay, which is fun to play into it. It doesn't have as much as I really would like, but it does have some of that. I think it has almost enough to keep me going. And we'll see how the other cards come out later. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite card, Anthony, that you, that you're playing or have played or have seen? What a good question. I don't know. Oh, nice. Like it's. I've been doing this for years. I'm really good at this stuff. <laughs> I Go know ahead. you're going to throw me off base. This question that I absolutely should have anticipated. Um... I should. I can answer this because I know, I know what my favorite card is. Yeah, please. It's a th- It's a three cost card, which makes it awesome. Um, it's morph. Oh, who... morph is good. Yeah. Morph is great because Morph morphs into a card in your opponent's hand. So you can play it early at the three cost and it could possibly, depending on what's in their hand, become a six card cost and you're like, awesome. Or you could hold on to later and have a better chance of it becoming a more powerful card because your opponent certainly would play the lower level cards early. And I like that. That's pretty cool. It's, and again, I like that card also because I don't pay for the game. So I don't have all those special fancy fun cards. So this is one of those situations where it's like, hey, let me throw this out there because I see that he keeps powering up his Apocalypse or Mm. Devil Dinosaur. And both of those kind of build up over time. And I'm just like, cool, now I'm one of those. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that card. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like Wolverine,
0: uh, especially with Carnage like you throw mm-hmm. a Wolverine and a Nova out there and then eat them sure. up with Carnage and they just repopulate. Yeah. Um, destroyed. A card I just got recently that I, it's been very helpful for me is Leech.
1: Oh, yeah, Leech is awesome.
0: Yeah, cuz the higher level you get, the more special abilities are on those cards. If you throw mm-hmm. a Leech out there before the your opponent has a chance to play their big cards, you wipe sure. the abilities from those cards. Very cool. And I you know, you can't hear
1: them, but I'm sure they get very angry. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, that's happened to me and I've gotten very angry. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn it. He's done the thing. Uh, Claw's pretty cool. Claw. When you play Claw, oh, he's, yeah. he's able to bonus a, um, a, a, a location on his right with six power, which is pretty cool. Spider woman's pretty cool because that's happened to me a lot where she just throws down. And if you have four cards or even if you have one or two cards, like she takes a negative one to each of those cards uh that's that's certainly a lot of fun the devil dinosaur stuff i haven't really done very much but i've seen people do it a lot where they just have a handful of cards and they're just like i'm gonna throw this down and now it's like 16 points the apocalypse it get keep you can't destroy it every time you destroy it becomes more powerful which is thematic which i, I love to see that bucky barnes is kind of funny because bucky barnes comes out as like just the generic kind of thing but if you destroy it then the winter soldier pops up which is a lot of fun uh yeah there's there's a lot of cool cards here the one that i like that i think most people maybe haven't played or haven't seen yet is scorpion have you played that yet mm, i haven't seen that one no. scorpion does a um afflicts every card in the opponent's hand with negative one power oh and it's good. only a two cost card Ooh. so you can if Get you can out. drop that at two you just hit everybody you know for negative yeah. one and and a lot of these games come down to one or two points yeah so it's pretty fun
0: Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of great cards. Um, And it's just, it's fun to try different combos. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's certainly cards I hate, I will say. (laughs) Um, Enchantress makes me mad. Oh my God, yes. I don't like running with Enchantress, but she keeps, I keep running into it and then it destroys all my bonuses.
1: Sure. Um, Cosmo does that too. The Cosmo the dog.
0: Yeah, Cosmo's annoying.
1: Yeah. But. And again, I, I, it's one of those situations where it's quick to play, it's easy, it's fun. If you like the Marvel Universe, you'll get some of the references throughout it. If you don't know the Marvel Universe, again, so I would say, and again, this is completely without thinking or checking, I think 75% of the cards are just basic kind of bonus things and you don't know. Yeah. You do not need to know anything about Marvel to play this game whatsoever. There's nothing like thema- so thematically connected. Like, oh, if you play all the X-Men, they do a thing. That doesn't happen here. At least no. not yet. It might happen at some point, but at least not yet. And it's certainly another one of those games like the DC Deck Builder that got like a lot of, you know, harassment about it. Like, oh, you can have good guys and bad guys on your same team. Like, yep, that's that's certainly a thing that happens in this game. Yeah. So but
0: it also happens in the comics. So whatever. <laughs> like, everyone's
1: an anti-hero, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just ask Black Adam, right? Yeah. It's like everyone's Everyone's an anti hero, so except maybe Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is always a a good character. Yeah. And she she drops squirrels because that's what she does. (laughs) So, yeah, there's just generally a, a lot to play in the game, you know, throughout. So, Anthony, obviously, this is a board game become digital. So is this a game that you would actually recommend people buying? And, and by buying, we, we, we talk about paying for that special content, whether it's additional gold or a season pass. Do you recommend this game as a play? Just playing it for free. Don't buy any of the extra stuff. Stay away from that. Or is it, in fact, the dreaded dodge slash delete? Because we can't burn this. So you can burn your iPhone, but I don't think that's going to really help you here. Which is you check it out, and then you delete it almost immediately. What do you think?
0: Ah. I really enjoy this game quite a bit. Um mm-hmm. but I don't pay for microtransactions in anything because Ooh. of not even a loot know, box. Not even a loot box. No. Ooh, okay. That drives me nuts. Occasionally, very occasionally, so I'll get hit with something where they're like special extra bonus thing for this holiday thing. It's $2 to <laughs> get these 40 things. I'm like, "All right, you can have $2." Um <laughs> <laughs> but season pass stuff, all the extra, like, it's just, it adds up so much over time. Like I would pay 30 or $40 for a copy of this game on steam with all the stuff. or okay. just Unlock it through progression. Sure. But doing it through microtransactions. It, it does start to feel a little icky the further you get in the game. And I don't like that. So it's a play, but I do like it a lot. And the first like 10, 15 hours of gameplay, it's fantastic. Um, it's not that the game is worse as you get higher. It's just, Again, more transparent. You can see all the cogs turning in the background. So it's a lot of fun. If you are one who is prone to fall for all the microtransaction stuff, though, be careful because they have coded this thing very well.
1: Sure. And again, I think there is some disappointment. Like you said, you start early on and then eventually it's like to see a new card takes forever. Yeah. And I, if you're one of those people that likes to upgrade their artwork on their card ever so slightly... And that does it for you. That's fine. It drives me nuts. I'm just tired of the, you know, the Ascension flashing as far as upgrading is concerned. I agree with you, Anthony. I hadn't thought about that before. You know, if I could, again, this is almost like a lot of other online sites. I would just pay a flat rate to have everything right now. Yeah. Because for me personally, as a board gamer, and since this is such a board game, LCG, CCG, Magic, Smash Up, and a lot of other games out there, I guess the Marvel Deck Builder game, the DC Deck Builder game, all those kind of deck building games, I would love to be able to play with a real full meta, you know, where I could just kind of build together a team that does a thing and and that level of creativity. But again, that's probably something for the higher level players who really can mentally invest in that and really enjoy that and those kind of strategy articles where this game is certainly just let's give you a deck it does a thing in some cases but you because there's three locations you don't need to have a winning meta because like you mentioned like you you have that kind of deck that gives you all the ones and you upgrade the ones but it doesn't mean you're going to win all those lanes because you probably can't because all someone needs to do is just throw some big cards at one spot and it's just always going to overwhelm you so yeah (laughs) it's a little thing for me, this game is, right now, it's a play for me. I still play it. I played it a lot. Uh, again, it's as Anthony said, this is something for you to take on the bus. This is something where you could just, like, in between, you know, anything. Because, again, the games play very quick. And if you run into a situation where you're like, I'm not going to win this, you can just retreat. Or, again, if you feel like you're in a good spot, you can double down and make the opponent retreat. So you can knock a game out, I don't know, two minutes sometimes. Like, again, if your opponent's playing quickly, maybe even a minute, especially if there's a retreat situation. It's more like the locations are what slows the game down a little bit because they are special abilities kind of throw the game into a little bit of flux. And again, there's a lot of random and sometimes luck. So like there's locations that are like, any cards played to this location will randomly be thrown to other locations. You're like, all right, (laughs) like... Or your deck has been replaced by a different deck. And you're like, okay, now I guess that's a thing. Or you'll be drawing from your opponent's deck right now. Like I, I guess I will be <laughs> like, so let's see what happens. Or again, like I mentioned how much I love morph, but also morph could give me a six, but also could give me a one. And I'm like, well, that's how that game goes because that's what happens. So yeah, that happens a lot. I think I got world ship. I don't know if you've gotten that, that location, Anthony, where it blows up the other two locations. Yeah, no, it, it- I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, and hey, we're playing one. I, I played somebody recently where it's like one of the locations just locked down on its own. And because they had one of those kind of like spawn decks where it just pushed out the ones because that location locked down, they couldn't play any more cards. And it was like turn four and they just left. They were just like, yeah, I can't that's do a retreat. Yeah, yeah. There's no point. No, nope. like, yeah, let's
0: keep going for 30 seconds while I lose. This is fun. <laughs>
1: So yeah, for me, it's a play. I don't necessarily enjoy the snap mechanic at all. I often forget that's even there. And again, because the game does come down to a lot of chance and randomness and just plain blind luck, or again, your opponent could have better cards than you or not, or based on the draw, it doesn't raise to be a buy for me. It just doesn't. I I wish I could say it was because I'd like to have the extra content, the extra cards in play so I could play with the meta a little bit. I think over time this probably will get deleted for me unless they open up more cards availability. I don't need 300 variants. The variants are cute. I don't need them. And I'm a guy who really loves art on cards and variants and stuff like that. But I really just want to have more of the meta in the game. And right now it just has a couple of meta stuff in it, which is fine. Again, it plays better for just a general audience, but I really want to invest more mentally in that kind of deck building mechanic. And right now... It's not there yet. And it may never be there. It may just, it, you can't necessarily be Hearthstone and be open to a general audience or a bunch of kids. Like, it just doesn't work that way. So, yeah, it's a play for me for now. So, Anthony, we were thinking about obviously everything that Marvel Snap has brought to the table. And again, especially about the board game mechanics that come along with this game. And in particular, what really, you know, shows up most predominantly is the keywords. So, if you played any CCG, LCG, deck builder games, anything pretty much with cards, it comes down to keywords. So, we wanted to have a little of our own snap battle and talk about some of the best keyword board games kind of situations. So, um, when you play snap battle, there is a couple of different keywords that come into play and you'll see them on some of your cards. And those cards have special effects. And again, some of the locations have special effects as well. So... Sometimes they worked well together. Sometimes they don't. But in particular, we picked out three keywords that you will see on cards and have applied those to three battle locations. So those keywords that we see in cards are in those locations. And we wanted to pick out board games that really represent those kind of special keywords. So we're playing marvel snap but not marvel we're playing board game snap a little bit here which i like i think this could be a real thing anthony trademark board games anonymous just saying uh you know because you know it'd be fun if we had a thing too so the first location anthony that i've challenged you to is on reveal so when you play marvel snap you play certain cards and then when they're revealed they do a thing so some bonuses some special effects and things like that As far as board gaming is concerned, or board games are concerned, this on reveal action, this location about on reveal, is representative of the game with the greatest table presence. Something that when it hits the table, it blows people away, and it does a thing. So, Anthony, what are you playing on your location there? What board game are you playing there?
0: Uh, Yeah, so I I struggle with this one because I was trying to think of something that just like out of the box. Mm Mm-hmm. Was amazing without having to upgrade it at all. Because at first I'm sure. like, "Oh, it's War of the Ring, obviously." But I'm like, "Well, it's just out of the box." <laughs>
1: That's the your box answer. Box, everything.
0: It's <laughs> fine. Like maybe the collector's edition, but that feels like cheating. Yeah. Um. So I, I went back a little ways because I was just I was trying to think of something that would just like that I only know because of table presence. and I went with Cthulhu Wars because oh. that game I've I never played it, but you could see it from across the convention hall because you got these giant <laughs> figures running the board. Like that game is all table presence. I don't sure. Mechanically, who knows, but table presence for days. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Well, I went, I was thinking the miniatures too. I thought that was generally the way to go because there's so many great games that have just like the intense miniatures, of the table, but I thought about going a little different here. So I'm focusing more on the artwork and more on the creativity and recently there was a brand new collector's edition that was just as big if not bigger than most board games out there i'm talking about everdell i think everdell is a game that has incredible table presence the boards are so ornate and really follow that thematic kind of presence it has the tree that you put all the different meeples on, the different animal representations that, you know, for your city and the creatures that go into there. And again, the Special Collector's Edition has all the extra boards that go into it. Um, The artwork, the thematic gameplay, the cards, the tableau building that kind of comes into play. I think it's universal having those animals and that kind of nature theme kind of come together. I think anyone who walks by will kind of be just entranced by this game even though it is not necessarily for anyone but i think table presence wise people are kind of blown away by that so that's my that's my play there my friend so we have we have a little bit of cthulhu wars versus everdell i mean <laughs> at least they're radically different games i guess as far as that's concerned squirrel girl versus thanos right <laughs> pretty much and in and, and in the comics squirrel girl wins right so yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> <woo>! <laughs> there you go All right, so on our second battle location, the keyword is ongoing. So the board game challenge that we're looking at here, Anthony, is the game that always gets table time no matter the group. So what do you have for there?
0: All right, so this one I had a lot of thoughts on. um, But Mm -hmm. the game, and this is a weird one too, because it's not even like in my top 10. Mm -hmm. But it's a game that if I bring, it's going to get played. And if someone else brings, it's going to get played for multiple reasons. Uh, And that's Seven Wonders because it's quick. Everybody knows the rules in most game groups at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, however long this game's been out, 10 years now. Sure. And it plays up to a player count that most hobby board games don't. Right. Usually once you get over five, six people, you got to go into party games. Seven Wonders you don't have to So it's got that flexibility. And then with the expansions, you can really add or detract from the game as much as you need to like you play a very quick base game or you can mix in any of the expansion material if you have it so this is a game that it's a lot of games they get older they sit on the side like even terraforming mars which i almost selected for this like there's plenty of people who are just kind of done with that yeah um this one no one's done with it even if they're like i don't love seven wonders you're like yeah but it's 20 minutes so like, yeah (laughs) i'll
1: play that yeah, for me too. I, I did think of Terraforming Mars, but again, that even though that is a great game that always gets table time, it doesn't always get table time with every group. I mean, I think that sometimes we forget that that's somewhat of a daunting kind of game, especially some of that snowball mechanic. So before I even like looked into the list, because I'm thinking what game comes out almost every time, what game works with gamers, but works with a general audience, and what game is appealing throughout... I thought maybe could it be a roll and write, and I was like ha ha ha. No, it can't be a roll and write. That's not a thing. But what I did think was could it be an abstract? And what popped into my head was Azul, and mm. there is different flavors of Azul, but I think generally Azul as a general game. And I think one of the rationales for this, of course, is that this game is so simple to play that almost anyone can play this. And yet at the same time, it plays well with between two and four players. And again, at the same time, this game had such universal appeal that they felt the need to release a $300 version of this. And I don't know why, but again, it did have such universal appeal. And I've played this game with a lot of people so much so that even though I think this game is okay, it's not a 10 for me. It's like a seven out of 10. I bought Azul. I bought the second version of Azul with, I think it's the the glass version. I know there's a third version and probably a fourth version coming out. Azul always has been a standard at at the game table. All right, and Anthony, our final battle location, and again, keyword here in a Marvel Snap, destroy slash discard. So here we're talking about the killer game that destroyed slash made you discard other games of that genre type mechanic.
0: All right. I I went thematic here. I have a bunch of stuff, obviously. But the thing is, I don't get rid of a lot of games. So in a literal sense, that was a hard one. But Marvel Champions, the card game, has become one of my favorite games of all time. It's gone up. When we redo the top 10 list here in a month or so, it's going to be up towards the top 10. And... This game is the third in a series of solo cooperative uh, living card games from Fantasy Flight, starting with Lord of the Rings. Middle, we had Arkham Horror, and then now we have Marvel Champions. And so for a long time, I bought everything Arkham Horror, the card game. It's, you know, I'm not a huge Cthulhu fan, but the mechanics were so sound, Mm. confined. It was organized well. Lord of the Rings is amazing thematically, but the game was always a little clunky especially if you're playing it solo, because you have to multi-hand a bunch of different heroes. Sure. And, you know, Arkham addressed that and added a story in. And I was like, this is really cool. I wish it wasn't Arkham, but it's really cool. And then they gave me Marvel Champions, which isn't Arkham. So therefore, (laughs) um, and like for a little while, I was still buying both. And at a certain point, I was, you know, they've been improving and iterating on Marvel Champions. We get these nice campaign boxes now every six months or so. And I stopped buying Arkham stuff. I have it packaged up. I will be selling it at some point for somebody who wants a full collection of that stuff, Mm. because I'd much rather play Marvel Champions and they release enough content that I don't need more than one of these. So Marvel Champions is absolutely I wouldn't say destroyed Arkham because if you like the Arkham theme more, it's still a very good game, but it's definitely discarded it for me.
1: Wow. Yeah, for me, this was a really hard one because there are certainly so many better games that have come out and has reiterated on previous versions. So work replacement games are just plenty out there. As far as that's concerned, some are better, some are worse, some are great, but nothing has really replaced any particular games. You mentioned seven wonders, you know, as far as car drafting is concerned, that has been one of those games that's been out there for a long time. I love seven wonders. It's been one of my favorite games of all time, but I still play other drafting games. Even in the deck building we talked about a little bit, there's been so many games out there. Dominion still holds a very big place in my heart even though it's not a game that I just play alone. There's a lot of other deck builders that have come and gone throughout the time and still play in there. The game that has surprised me the most and the game that has destroyed or discarded a lot of the other games and in particular has stopped me from purchasing other games of that type is Underwater Cities. And in particular, that's because Terraforming Mars, I was collecting everything for that. And all the expansions, all the promo cards, everything that came out for that. We were playing it all the time. And once Underwater Cities came out and I got really deep into playing that, it was such a similar game to Terraforming Mars that when that big expansion edition came out with all the plastic pieces that I had craved for so long and I had it on Etsy reserve. I was like, I don't need this. I don't want to add more to the game, which was strange and weird from a person who collects so much of this game and has played so much of the game and has all the digital versions of the game. Underworld Studios came out and was like, hey, Terraforming Mars is a great game. I can be more precise here. I could be more streamlined. I can actually break the cards up into like three ages, like Seven Wonders. So you don't have to just like completely, you know, get a card that, is going to never be produced. So you kind of get in your hand, you throw it away. And Seven Wonders, again, which is another that card drafting tableau building, has, again, was another one of those huge games for me, which I own every version of it and just stopped following that dragon for some reason and came down to Underwater Cities and recently picked up a whole bunch of upgraded pieces through Etsy for Underwater Cities, which was something I never thought I would do, whereas Seven Wonders and... Terraforming Mars was just such great big games, but for some reason, Underwear Cities is so precise and so contained and so well thought out and the production is good enough, especially with the new version with the double in inlay boards, that that's always going to be my go-to game. And again, as much as I love Terraforming Mars and as much as I've loved Seven Wonders, those are certainly taking a backseat. Uh, I don't think I'll ever discard or destroy them, but certainly they're not going to see the game time that they ever did at this point. So there you go, uh, our board game version of Marvel's Snap, three ongoing battle locations that we'd like you all to think about. Which one of us came on top? Did either one of us win two out of three lanes, or did we tie on all of them for you? Uh, follow us with social media and let us know what you think as far as that's concerned. So hopefully we can talk more about board games and how they match up and how they crush the different competitions throughout the time. Hopefully you enjoyed that Marvel Snap conversation, especially on the the fact that it's basically a board game that we've played a million times before. And hopefully you get a chance to play it yourself. It's free to try, check it out. And again, always get board games out to the table first. All right, everyone, until next week, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at one of the different battle locations. So choose whatever table you want. One of the three tables work and we'll, we'll figure out who the winner is after the fact. See ya. Bye.